You're listening to devpath.fm, the podcast about career development for software engineers. Join the conversation at www.devpath.fm or on Twitter at devpathfm. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jacob Harrington, and I'm here with Gishan Mnander. Gishan is a developer and entrepreneur living in Australia. Gishan, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us about your day job. Hello, my name is Gishan Mnander, and currently I'm in Sydney, currently working for a company called The Iconic. It is a, the, probably the most popular fashion e-commerce brand here in Sydney, Australia, serving Australia as well as the New Zealand. Um, yeah, that's more of my, my day job. So I've been working since the last almost 10 years or more. And yeah, right now I am mainly focused on the back-end part of stuff, but also do some of the front-end things. Yeah, that's that's basically my day job for now. What part of that do you think is the most enjoyable? Well, e-commerce is a pretty fascinating subject itself. As you are basically trying to get things and and sell them online, you have to look into a lot of stuff. And uh, not only the technical parts, like interacting with our customers, basically being the internal users of the the organization. So those kinds of things are um, pretty fun. And the technical parts are also very good. Like we get to dabble with things like Vue.js, uh, a lot of PHP and, and these kinds of stuff, Kubernetes, Docker, and all this new cutting-edge technology that actually excites me. Hmm. How did you actually get into development? Did you start out in e-commerce or in another area? So I studied computers from the like very early age. Hmm. But uh, then, uh, the, then my first job was actually an internship for an NGO. That's how I started uh, 10, 10 or more years back in, in, in 2007. And that actually got me more interested into programming. I had been writing some code even before that. But after I got into some some real meaningful work, that actually made it even more interesting. After that, I joined another software company in 2007 itself. And there I was exposed to a lot of new stuff from frameworks to how, how you actually work. And after that, I joined a company that we had co-founded that's called Young Innovations that's still functional in Kathmandu, Nepal. And that's where I could actually make my skills better. So to if uh, so, like when I started, it was basically more interest into coding, but as the years passed, it became much of a passion than just uh, working. What about that next job allowed you to actually improve? Yeah, so the first job was more of an internship. There it was not many team members. Then the second one after that intern- internship was a place where I could work with with a team. So there was another guy who was much more senior than me. And then, then he could mentor me with stuff so that, that I could learn a lot of new stuff including how to work, like how to use the tools and everything. So these things step-by-step helped me a lot to understand how you actually do software engineering because many people write code, but lesser people really write it maintainable 
like think about maintainability, think about making it work faster, think about performance. So those kinds of things just came into play after I joined this this second job. And with those learnings, I could put it into practice in my in my third job. So all, all of this actually came out into a package and that's how it, it shaped me. So the, so the thing is like, when you study, you actually study a, a lot of stuff. You, you study programming languages, you, you study data structure and algorithm and all that things. But until you don't really put it into practice, you don't really get the feel of it. So when you actually start writing functional software that actually solves problem for the people, then you really start getting the, the things that you learned. When you learn it, it it's just like uh, to pass the exam or like to, to get marks or just to get the, get the academic project done. But when you actually start implementing it into problems and solutions, then you really start valuing what you have learned. And then you, then you have that aha moment saying, oh, this, I learned this and this is actually used like this. And that actually helps people solve their day-to-day issues. So when you start solving problems, when you start giving more value to the customers, then you really start like thinking, okay, the things that I learned are actually valuable and these things really help solve people's problems. Where do you think the first opportunity you had to share the knowledge that you built in that second job? Was that as a senior developer, was it with other developers in that job or was it through creating content and giving talks? Okay, when it when I had my second job, it was 2007. So I was just fresh out of college, uh, mm-hmm. nothing, not, not much experience. And probably in my third job in, I think, towards the end of 2007, that's when I was in a bit more senior role, not, not exactly a senior developer, but a, a bit more senior role. And that's where I started uh, helping people out who were who were like much uh, who were just beginning and who just started. So at that point, I, I won't say I would I, I was mentoring people, but I was coaching them. I was helping them mainly in in things like in software. You have to build things incrementally. You, you first you have to make things work, and then you, you make it better. So many starters didn't really get that thing. They, they wanted to do everything in one go. And it, it doesn't work like that, that when you are writing software. So at first, it's just about let's make it work. Let's make the minimum possible thing work. And then iterate over it to make it better. So whenever you take this kind of a philosophy, then it's one step easier to develop software. So when I started coaching people, this was like the baseline of many things that I did. Of course, a lot of technical decisions and a lot of language framework specific things were involved, but the baseline always remained to be first, let's make the basic minimum thing work and then you iterate over it, then you then you improvise on it and then you make it better. So whenever you take this kind of approach, then your software actually becomes better and it's and it takes lesser time to develop things as well. So how did you go from that into a more formal senior role? Oh yeah, so a, a more fo- more formal senior role came into my third job, which was the company that we had co-founded. So after working there for some months, almost a year, I was uh, one of the people who, who could get things done better. So I then gradually moved into a bit more senior role. So in the, that senior role, do you think your primary 
duty was to get things done well and quickly, or was it teaching others? Yeah, in that senior role, it was a mix of both things. So it was about getting things done as well, but it also involved helping the the junior members get acquainted with the things that we were doing, as well as get like sitting with them, not formally pair programming, but at least helping them solve their issues, getting them like okay with things like Git and everything. So even then we used to use Git. We, we, we really didn't have a lot of automation and other things in place, but at least Git, we, 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 ha- we were already using it in 2007, 2008. So with, with, the, with things like these, it was a mix of both things, to get things done as well as to help others who had, who had just joined or who were pretty new to the way that we were working. Hmm. Did you deal with imposter syndrome ever, or have you always felt really confident in what you did? No, everyone feels imposter syndrome. So yeah, so yeah, in 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 all of the jobs, I think I have felt imposter syndrome. So it's 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 like a feeling that wow, someone would just find out that I know nothing, or like I I know very little about this. Though it has improved a lot in the past years, but. Towards the beginning, like towards the the two three years of your the first two three years of your career, you would actually feel feel a lot of it that okay, at at one point you would feel okay, what's happening? I I know nothing about this, and then wow, I have been stuck in this problem for two hours now. Where is the solution? Where where is this going? So all of these things uh, happens with everyone. You you have to deal with it. You you have to know that it it happens with everyone, and then you have to be positive about it because our job involves solving problems and we will always be facing problems to solve others problems so in that sense you, you just have to be firm on your task you, you have to be focused on it 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 doesn't mean that you have to like try to solve the same problem for hours you, you could take breaks and then come back to it but generally imposter syndrome you 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 would feel it feel that someone else knows more than you or like someone else is amazing but at the end, like even if you have a lot of years of experience, it's still the same. You you will still feel, wow, this I I I don't think I am that good at this, and you'll still feel those uh, imposter syndrome feelings. Yet, how as a more experienced developer do you kind of overcome that, especially when it comes to teaching? Nice, yeah. So basically, it's it's about two things in my opinion. One is the core technical things, like how do I solve this problem in a technical way? That's something that that you can improve step by step. So that that involves a lot of getting a lot of hard skills, learning about design patterns, learning about your particular framework or your language, studying more about it, getting getting acquainted with its developments, getting up to date. That's one part of the problem. The other part of the problem is actually having those soft skills, having trying to solve the problem first, trying to get as much requirements as you can. If you can balance these two things, then you can progress easier to a, to a senior role. If, if you only have very good technical skills, but you lack in this soft skill area where you, where you, where you can go back to the customer and then ask where you can really plan stuff better, and where you can think about the solutions uh, better, then it is going to help, but it's, it's just going to help to a level. You will hit the ceiling a lot faster. But if you have a balance between these two things of having 
very good technical skills as well as very good people or like soft soft skills then it helps you because at times you try to solve a problem technically and then you always fall into complexity so rather than doing that just think away from a machine just think on a board think on paper or just discuss with someone for a for a solution with with these kinds of approaches you will get to a solution much faster because someone might give you a suggestion that you had not th- you, you had not thought of because you when you when you are into a problem you are al- you are al- already in in that box so you don't really think outside of that box whenever you talk with other people whenever you want to do like lo- look at other parts of the problem then you can actually think of some other technical things that you hadn't really thought about so always try to balance these two skills to to reach to a senior level position the technical knowledge i think comes from years on the job and practice the soft skills i think are a little harder to build what what is your advice for building those skills yes the the technical skills you could actually yeah get them it it, it will take some time but as most of the knowledge that 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 we have, especially working in open source, is open and free. So you could actually spend a lot of time trying to read these things and then get those get those technical knowledge. Yes, on the other hand, getting these soft skills are harder, and you also need a need an environment where you are exposed to these kinds of things. If you are just someone who takes takes a piece of specifications and then start writing stuff without asking questions then it is a lot harder but if you are someone that if you get a task you start asking questions then after a point you you'd start asking the right questions to to the right people and with that approach you will learn a lot because software does not exist in isolation it's always there to solve a business problem or to add value to the customer of the customers of the business so at that point whenever you start asking questions to any task you are given you start to know the business more you start to learn about the domain more and this always helps you understand the problem better if you can understand the problem well then the solution is not far you always have to ask the right questions you you always have to think okay why am i doing this can this be done better not only technically but also from a process point of view you some some people even question the process they go and they say yeah you are doing it this way but maybe doing it the other way is is even better and then generally software always models a process so generally things are in paper and then you want to digitize it digitize it or things are being done away and then you want to record information out of it thereby you always need to ask questions and try to ask the right questions to get to your pro, to get to your solution faster when you talk about asking the right questions, how do you know what the right questions are? Is that something that you can have a framework for thinking about a problem or is it going to change every time you start a new project? Very good question. So asking the right questions is not an easy task. It generally depends upon the project and the task on hand as well as your experience in that domain. For example, I've been working in e-commerce for the past six and a half years. So if there is anything related to something that I've already worked inside the e-commerce domain, it is a lot easier for me because I can relate to the older solution that I have done and then think about, okay, how can this problem be solved this time? Or like, how can this problem 
be sought from a from a different way it it also depends upon how much domain knowledge you have how long have you been working in that particular domain and a lot of a lot of factors like this but this does not mean that you need a lot of experience in that particular field or that domain to ask questions you can always always look at that problem and think what is the better way to do it rather than just jumping on the keyboard and start typing the start typing the code so whenever you 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 come across a task or a project always think about why are we trying to solve this this particular problem in the first place can this be solved even without any technical help or even without writing any code and then only come to decisions and ask questions about if we if we actually need to write a system or write a, write some code for this particular problem to be solved then how can this help the end user you 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 always have to think about the end user you have to be in their shoes and then try to try to try to design the system be it from a back end point of view user experience point of view anything just just try to be in their in in their shoe and then ask those questions to yourself i think that's how you will be able to get to the right questions to ask to them hmm that seems uh pretty consistent with my experience that the best technical leaders are the ones who really understand why they're solving the problem because you can write a lot of code you can write a lot of code really quickly but you have to write the right code yes you're right i want to ask you agashen uh, what is something that you consider yourself to be bad at okay yeah even with all these years of experience i think something that i can improve on i would i would take that question very positively so something that uh, i can improve on is still people skills because code is basically easier it's is zero and one that means either it works or not but people are complex creatures like there is no zero and one in people P- people have people are not just black and white there is a lot of shades of gray in between so uh people management skills and communication skills and dealing with people is something that i can actually improve on be it uh, working with junior uh, guys be it working with colleagues be it um being part of meetings and then asking the right questions it's it's at times difficult to understand what the other person that you are talking to is is going through or or is is in the situation and as i've worked in multiple countries depending upon the country and the city the, the there are cultural differences that you sometimes do not note for for instance uh, here work life balance is uh, is like respected a lot but uh, for example in 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 the middle east work life balance is is not priority for the people so all of these kinds of things it's it's always uh, depends on the context thereby um, something i can actually improve on will still be working with more people trying to know more people and then uh, trying to get the things that i need so that i can do my task better hmm what are what are some more specific experience with that with uh kind of dealing with people from different cultural backgrounds i think that's a really interesting point you made yeah like uh, as software engineers i think uh, we generally work with people from multiple countries or multiple cultural backgrounds and whenever you you work with with multiple cultural backgrounds and 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 people from multiple countries you have to know about their culture 
for instance, in, in, in the Middle East, you tend to work with people who are from the, from the Middle East itself. And then you, you have to understand that uh, women basically need more space in, in, in the Middle East. It's, it's not like Western part of, of the world where, where, where you could actually go and uh, talk, with, talk with women or have, have any conversations pretty easily, for, for, for example, right? So those kinds of things, you, you have to be considered about the culture, about the place you are in, as well as the, the person you are talking with, what's their background, uh, where have they come from, and, and what is what could be acceptable or like very normal in one part of the world could be considered um, like an offense of, in, in, the, in the other part of the world. So you, you have to uh, really think of these things. As I said, like people aspects are, are something that always impacts how we construct software. So just having your technical skills uh, will take you to a level, but whenever you start understanding these minute details of interacting with people, uh, it's a lot easier for you to get, get the requirements because at the end of it, it's always about getting getting the right requirements and getting the right details so that you can build the proper software which is going to solve the problem. So do you have any advice for people who want to work internationally, how to, how to do that? Um, how to get started in that and then how to actually be successful at it. Nice. That's a, that's a very good question again. Yeah. So these days software developers are in high demand. I think any part of the world, anywhere in the world, uh, good software engineers are always welcome and always in, in demand. But what you have to think of it from the other way around, it is because you are sellable in any part of the world, there is competition from all over the world as well. So it's a, it's you. You have to look at both sides of the coin. You are just not sellable in any part of the world, but there is competition also. You are facing competition not only from your city, your country. Maybe you are facing competition from someone from Europe to someone from Asia. So if you if you want to migrate to another country to work, you really have to think of many things like. For, for, for instance, here in Australia, if you don't have a PR or an Australian citizenship, it's pretty difficult for you to get a job because um, companies sponsoring visa is, is not that common in this uh, part of the world. But let's say if you, you want to apply to uh, some place like the Netherlands, they have uh, very good companies that offer you visa. Even the government has um, a rule called 30% ruling, which, which, gives, which makes it... Uh, which makes the expats pay less tax. So it, it depends upon which uh, part of the world you want to go into. There are uh, lots of websites that actually help you do that. I think there is a website called relocate.me, which helps you find jobs in other parts of the world, which uh, in companies that help you relocate. Uh, same thing with Stack Overflow jobs. You could filter uh, filter jobs by the ones that sponsored your visa and help you with relocation. So if, if you as a software developer want to move to any other country than, than you currently are, then of course you need to understand the culture and what, what you would expect out from that particular country or, or the city. But you also need to think of other procedures like visa and what is the relocation support you would be getting from that particular company. So it actually is a mix of a lot of things because um, 
moving into a new country is never an easy task. And if you are not alone, if you are married or you have children, then it it becomes an an even difficult task, even more difficult task. So overall, I think the way to go is choose like one or two countries and then look for the companies that you would like to work for in those countries and then shortlist those those companies, shortlist the jobs and then start applying. That That's like a better way to do it than just trying to haphazardly, blindly apply any any job that you see. So it's, it's like a, the other way around. You first choose like a couple of countries or three countries that you want to move to, choose the companies and the jobs or the positions that you want to be in and then gradually start applying to it. Uh, that could be a better way to do it uh, than just trying to jump into a new com- 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 sorry, uh, jump into a new country and then start looking for jobs. Hmm. That's good advice. Do you think you grew into a senior skill set before you began working internationally, or do you think international work pushed you to grow and and would you recommend it to people who are junior or trying to become senior in my case i think i had already grown to uh to a senior level i won't say a, a very senior level but to a good level of seniority where even when i was back home in nepal so whenever because i worked there for more than two years so at least the second half of my work in nepal I think I was already growing into a senior level. But the main transition that I see was when I started working in Dubai. And then the thing was the company was growing and growing very rapidly. So there I saw the real scale of things happening. Like you were talking about thousands of orders a day and you were talking about hundred thousands of people coming to your website. So whenever you see that kind of a scale coming from not not seeing that kind of scale, let's say like seeing a lot of uh, lesser, because a lot of problems come to you or like come in the systems only at scale. Whenever it reaches or it is more than that particular threshold, then you start seeing those issues, seeing those performance problems, seeing those scalability problems, seeing that, okay, doing it this way doesn't really work. So even when I was in Nepal, I I was slowly maturing into a senior uh, role, but the real change happened not only from the the people to people point of view, the like getting the requirements and then turning them into software, but also looking at the scale of things that were being done, like from I don't know hundreds of people that the hundreds just hundreds of people visiting the apps and the websites that we were making back in Nepal to thousands or 100,000 100, people being on the website at the same time. And then like this kind of scale, whenever you, you work at, at this kind of scale, then you have to think of a lot of other things that you were not thinking. Like earlier, probably it, the, your, your job was just to make it work and it's fine. Like someone someone reviews the code and then that's about it. But then whenever you talk about this massive scale, then you have to think about okay, what happens about the performance? Okay, what what if this edge case happens? Because generally you would not be thinking about th- these things, but whenever you you work at that scale, you, you have to think of a lot of other edge cases that could happen, a lot of if and else that that you have to answer. 
as well as you you have to be you have to know how to program much more defensively because you cannot let you cannot just let things happen you you have to think about it you have to profile stuff and then think that okay even this even if this particular uh, piece of software that i'm writing is is executed or like is used by thousands of people at the same time then it's not going to break so you have to think of a lot of things so i think from this point coming to coming outside and working in on an international level actually changed uh, my mindset and changed the way i look at software design and software implementation in case of if someone wants to go outside of their usual place and then uh, start working i would really really recommend doing that because one it takes you out of your comfort zone and two you would already be trying you you would already be trying to adapt to a lot of things as well as you'll you'll get to work with things that you may not have worked with you could be working in a different domain or like you you could be working at a different scale that 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 you haven't seen so i i would really recommend people who are used to doing uh, software because as software engineer you could work for any domain because as of now every company is a software company everyone is doing doing software so you could change your domain you could do anything you want that's why i would really recommend people to um, try to get jobs outside of the countries to get more exposure what is some advice that you find yourself giving junior and newer developers pretty frequently to junior and newer developers frequently some of the things that i happen to discuss is uh trying to automate the stuff that you do like at times i have seen people who start really do the same thing over and over again but don't really uh know how to get it done faster for for example just using the proper shortcuts in your ide could save you a lot of time right so things like that some some junior people they they don't really think that it's going to save their time so things like that uh some some other things that i talk with junior junior guys is uh trying to get acquainted with the tools that you use for example git is a is a very good thing um some other automated deployment tools are are the things that i that i generally discuss with with uh with junior people so it's just not about the code but it's always about it's also about the end to end software delivery because your code is not that useful unless it hits the production servers and then someone is able to use it so anything and everything that come, comes within this line of writing your, your code to actually getting it into production i tend to help help the junior developers trying to get an idea of the whole pipeline like it's writing your code trying to test it and then trying to make it work is just one piece of the puzzle there are other things that go into a place like writing tests making it go through the proper ci cd pipeline being able to deploy it whenever you want as well as a good a good way to test it so these are the things that i that i that i discuss with uh, with with junior people something else that comes into my mind is um, the use of feature flags like a lot of people don't really treat deployment and release differently and i feel that deployment is a technical process whereas release is a software is a business decision so whenever you think in in these terms you you tend to use feature flags so that you could get the 
technical process going on without actually releasing the particular particular feature or that particular part of the software to the end user. So whenever you can make these kinds of distinctions, it's always good good for for junior people. The other thing that I also discuss uh, that that I happen to discuss with junior people is being strong in in the basics, uh, because a lot of junior people they tend to jump into languages and x framework and y and this and that very easy and then very easily and then they just are going round and round in that circle not not being able to break break those circles so rather than that if you are strong in in http for, for example the the whole web runs on http right if, if you are strong in in javascript then learning just another javascript framework or even even learning node.js should not be a problem for you what i'm trying to say is uh, get the basics right if your base is good then you can build a building build a building on it a lot easier than if your base is not that strong so if if junior people um, get their basics correct then they can really excel in what they're doing that's all very excellent advice i appreciate that if someone wants to learn more about you gishan where should they go i generally blog on my blog that's gishan.com.np uh, my Twitter handle is Geshan. I am uh, on Medium as well. I I have uh, recently started cross-posting my blog posts to FreeCodeCamp and HackerNoon as well as DevTO. Yeah, those are the, the main places that I'm in right now. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing your experience. You've clearly done a lot and seen a lot of different things. Um, I think people will benefit a lot from your advice. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to devpath.fm. Want to ask a question? Send an email to jacob at devpath.fm.